Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench right here on Cork's Red FM. Rory here with you until 7 o'clock along with Lauren Guilford as we wrap up all today's action, including a busy day in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship. We're going to be talking to Napier Shigan to Black Rock and we'll hear from Sarsfields after their win last night as well. Also on the show tonight, the second part of our Marquine interview after he made his AFL debut last week for Collingwood. And we're going to talk to Cork on President Donald Lenehan about keeping the club going during the lockdown. All that and plenty more besides. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. We are here until 7 o'clock tonight. If you'd like to get in touch, you can text us 086 8104 You can tweet us at Big Red Bench. Send us a WhatsApp as well if you fancy. 086 8104 Hope you all enjoyed the absolutely beautiful, glorious weather that's been out there in Cork City and County today. Lauren is with us this weekend. Lauren, you've certainly brought the weather with you anyway. I did. I brought it all the way from Clare, so you're welcome. Yeah, thanks a million <laughs> for that. Um, but yeah, absolutely fantastic weather. You were at a, a game today as well. We'll talk about that in a bit uh, but I suppose first off Lauren you want to get us up to date with everything that happened today I will indeed there was uh, numerous GA games on across the county today in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship Black Rock 226 Newtown Chandram 214 Napiershig 223 to the Bars 17 points in the Senior A Hurling Championship Cloyne 24 points to Killaz 18 then in the Intermediate A Hurling Championship Kildallery 121 to Argentine Rangers 110 Mayfield 112 to Dungourney's 13 points. Sars 227 Milan 17 points. Erog 421 Douglas 11. Ahabalog 21 points to Glen Rovers 115. Then in the lower intermediate hurling championship Ballygarvin 115 to Barry Rose 210. Trockton 124 Dripsy 312. Kilbritton and Russell Rovers played out a draw. It was Kilbritton 211 to 114. Castle Martyr 122 Milford 312 14, which was a two-point victory for Castle Martyr, and St. Catharines beat Grenna on a scoreline of 115 to 11 points. And there's three fixtures later today, all throwing in at 7pm in the Premier Intermediate Hurling Championship. We've Inascara meeting Black Rock. In inter- Intermediate A, Clock Dove meet Middleton, and in Lower Intermediate, St. Finbarys are playing Ballymartle. As I said, all those games throwing in at 7pm. Yeah, certainly a very, very busy day of uh, Gaelic Games action today. As I mentioned, we'll have a reaction uh, from Black Rock's win over Newtown, and the Pearsicks win over the Bars coming up a little bit later on the show. Then into Formula 1, Red Bull's Max Verstappen has won Formula 1's 70th anniversary Grand Prix at Silverstone. Lewis Hamilton was second for Mercedes to extend his championship lead over his teammate Valtteri Bottas, who was third. The win was Verstappen's first of the 2020 season and speaking with Sky Sports, he hopes the win will increase the pressure on the Mercedes team. So far, I didn't really have an opportunity in all the races to push them and I, I could see we were pushing them. So, yeah, I tried to put the pressure on, they had to pit. And from there on, I could do my own pace and basically build that, that advantage to the end. On to golf next, Justin, jo- Justin Johnson will take a one-shot lead into the final round of golf's US PGA Championship. The former world number one is nine under par in San Francisco with the best UK challenge coming from Paul Casey, who is two shots back. It's the first golf major since the coronavirus pandemic began and there are no fans present. But jo- Johnson tells Sky Sport News it feels like it's still a big tournament. 
When I was coming down the stretch at uh, Hartford, you know, it felt just like it, it did when there was, you know, if there was 100,000 people around or with, with none. So um, for me, it'll feel the same. I'll, you know, tomorrow I want to go out and just, you know, play as best I can. That's all I can do. I have to say, golf is probably the one sport that doesn't seem to me as affected by the lack of fans than other sports. No, I think from a psychological perspective as well, golfers really aren't going to be paying attention to the crowd and what's I'd probably prefer it than like, you know, idiots like taking camera, like for photographs other than their backs and people shouting like getting the hole as soon as they, they hit the, t- the ball and even as well to not have the crowd around that they can probably have a better I suppose viewpoint of the actual uh, shot itself yeah it's um it's interesting I mean like I like, I've gone on record on this show and <laughs> many many times I hate artificial crowd noise yeah. uh, at um, the football matches it wrecks my head the snooker they've been putting it in wrecks my head <laughs> um, golf I think it actually works and it's nice being able to hear the chatter between the players and the chatter between the it players is. and the it's caddies it's nice to the insight yeah absolutely so looking forward to, to watching that final run tonight to follow on from that Tiger Woods admits he's running out of chances to to add to his haul of 15 major golf titles the American is two over par going into the final round Woods has had plenty of injury problems and he tells Sky Sports News competing with the best is getting more difficult it's just different it's getting tighter and it's getting harder to uh, win events and but you know you look at the leaderboard and uh, of most major championships you see the same same guys may not be always the same winners but you see the same handful of guys that are are, are there I suppose never say never with Tiger I mean like he is still young enough in golf terms he is only 44 but you're a physio you know like <laughs> the injuries that he's had to like come back from it's obviously taken a massive toll on him absolutely and even uh, he's resilience will have grown massively over the last uh, number of seasons I suppose from but the sporting perspective and a, and a personal perspective so yeah I definitely wouldn't be ruling him out um, if he's in contention coming into the final day of any competition I think he's going to be up there Yeah that win in the Masters last year was absolutely something else his first <laughs> one since 2008 Like you never say never with Tiger you never know if he's going to come and do it again so fingers crossed I think we'd all like to see Tiger wearing red on Sunday going down the 18th in contention or, or a winning like you know, it's it's one of those fantastic sights in sport um, but as he said himself his body is kind of telling him it's not going to happen and then closer to home Rory McIlroy and Shane Lowry look unlikely to add to their major title haul this evening McIlroy is nine shots off the lead on level par with Lowry eight behind on one under par then if we turn our attention to football Dundalk have been drawn away to NK Selya the Slovenian champions in their first qualifying round of the UEFA Champions League Celtic will host Icelandic team KR Reykjavik in their first qualifying round tie Neil Lennon's side will need to get past four opponents if they're to reach the group stage of the competition although the first three rounds will only be single leg ties that's a change to the usual format because of the coronavirus pandemic if Linfield get through their preliminary against Rita on Tuesday they'll have a tough trip to Poland to face Ligia Warsaw in the Scottish Premiership, Rangers defeated St Mirren by three goals to nil thanks to a brace from Alfredo Morelos and an own goal from former Cork City defender mm. Conor McCarthy. Yeah, I watched that one online. <laughs> it was just an unfortunate one across coming in from the right-hand side and he just kind of turned into his own net. It was, pra- it was on the line going in anyway. Um, but yeah, just unfortunate that Conor uh, gets his name in the OG column for, <laughs> for, for Rangers today. Elsewhere then, Celtic are... Uh, level at a goal apiece against Kilmarnock at the moment yeah 79 minutes on the clock there the hoops are struggling a little bit against Kilmarnock uh, Ryan Christie put them ahead after 11 minutes but a Chris Burke penalty uh, restored matters there so 10 minutes left uh, for Celtic if they are to, to find a winner um, and if they could get that they will go level on points at the top of the table with Hibs Rangers
Rangers and Ross County on six points after two games but uh, Celtic are struggling a little bit at the moment and then here at home in the SSE Electricity League Premier Division Derry City lead Shamrock Rovers by a goal to nil heading into the second half yeah second half just uh, kicked off there in the brand new well actually in that uh, Premier Division tie uh, 48 minutes on the clock there Walter Figueroa with the goal uh, for the Candy Stripes he kind of played across from the left hand side uh, kind of beat everyone including uh, the Shamrock uh, Rovers goalkeeper so that went into the uh, the back of the net that would be a good result for, for Bose and for Dundalk as they look to keep in touch with Shamrock Rovers because they are clear at the top of the table on 18 points a win for Rovers today would see them go 6 points clear of Bose and would see them go um uh, nine points clear or eight points clear excuse me of uh, Dundalk so um, I'm sure everyone is cheering on Derry City to, today to win bar of course uh, Shamrock Rovers and lastly in our round up to snooker five time champion Ronnie O'Sullivan and China's Ding Jianhu will resume their second round encounter at the World Snooker Championship this evening uh, tied at eight frames apiece at the same time Jamie Clark resumes against Anthony McGill leading by eight frames to seven while Karen Wilson beat Martin Gould by 13 to nine and 2010 champion Neil Robertson beat Barry Hawkins by the same score Thanks a million Lauren uh, looking forward to catching a little bit of that I've only been seeing bits and pieces of the snooker over the, the course of the week and uh, Miss John Higgins one four seven, which was an absolutely magic moment. Watched it back since, but there's nothing quite like seeing uh, a one four seven live. It's a very very special thing, and he's one of the few people to do it uh, at the Crucible, which again is a sport I suppose not too um, upset by the lack of fans. It's interesting seeing just all the the empty seats at the Crucible, but again I think when it comes to sports like that, they require a huge amount of concentration. Um, like golf and like snooker um, I suppose the lack of crowd is, is a massive benefit and the, the pressure maybe isn't there um, because of the crowd Yeah I think when you look at the likes of high intensity sports the athletes will feed off and off the crowd itself um, so I think they would lose out that bit more but those sports as you said that do need a lot of focus and a lot of attention I think those athletes are trying to block it out at the mm. best of times anyway Yeah looking forward to watching uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan now later on this evening but we are going to start with Gaelic Games and a busy day today, busy weekend uh, of uh, hurling action, as Laura mentioned there in the, the roundup. A huge amount of games uh, being played uh, today across Cork at all grades. But we're going to focus on the Premier Senior Hurling Championship. And uh, Napier Shig, a fine performance for them today as they defeated the Barrows 223 to 17 points at uh, Parky Rin. Uh, Shane Ford with both goals for Napier Shig in that game. Their boss, uh, Colin O'Sullivan, uh, spoke to Lauren in the Assembly media after the game. Absolutely, and any time you get a win, it is great. Um, I think we hurled so well in that game that what we really focused on was to kick on from last week in our last ten-minute period. And like last week, uh, people were saying, "Oh, we, we didn't perform, we didn't perform." But we we analysed the game two or three times during the week, and we analysed it with the players. And we actually hurled very well in that game at times. Probably in certain patches, we kind of went in and out of it, but. There's great character on the team. There's great fight in the team. It showed last week, the last ten minutes, and it showed for the hour today. And that's what we wanted to focus on. Really, was to kind of pick up today where we left off last week and show the commitment, the drive, the hurling is there with these guys. There's no doubt about it. It's just, I suppose, the organisation and the real passion and, and the real uh, want to give everything for the jersey, and and they've done that today. It was a pretty stable performance. Maybe dropping off a little bit there, kind of in the second quarter, uh, in the first half. Yeah, well, look, that, that every team is going to get a patch in the game. There's no doubt with that. Look, and, and in these just these conditions, like like we we knew that was going to happen, and the lads know that as well. But so it was just a matter of when we were getting back into the the water break and a half time. It was a matter of just refocusing, 
concentrate on what we were talking about all week and then pick it up again. And look, I couldn't fight. These lads are these lads are incredible. Like, they're a great bunch. They're a great bunch to work with, and um, you know, and I'm just delighted from today. Really, a pretty strong performance across the pitch. But that goalkeeper, phenomenal saves across the entire 60 minutes. Yeah, look, like that's that's what Lucas capable of. He's he's a top class keeper. He's a top class keeper. He knows exactly what I think of him. Um, last week, I suppose. You know, he was kind of worried that he made a bit of an error. But like the one thing about a keeper is that if a keeper makes a mistake, then you know everybody sees it. But he made some top class saves today, and there were some incredible performances outside from Daryl Connery in particular. Like was absolutely immense there today. Uh, Christopher Joyce was super. I mean, I haven't seen Christopher in such good condition in a number of years, and he's come back from his crucial ligament. And, and, and he, like to have him around the team all year has just been incredible bonus for us. And, Look, I'm, I'm delighted from him. I really am. Shane Ford in goal scoring uh, form again today. He grabbed the e- equaliser last week. Yeah, look, again, Shane, another guy with huge potential. Like, I mean, when, when, when Shane gets the ball in his hand, he's a very, very hard guy to stop. He's, he's a great athlete. He's on the car football panel. His mobility is superb. And look, uh, I wouldn't like to be marking him, and I'll put it that way. In a fairly good position now ahead of the Glen in two weeks' time. Yeah, we are. Look, again, one, one game at a time, and that's the way we went to it. I think we have, is it uh, three points now we have, like, and the Glen are probably just a bit of ahead of us. And look, ourselves in the Glen will always have a good game. Holy night, they're very big and traditional club, like, like ourselves. And, like, we, we think we can mix it with the best of them. There's no doubt about it. And, and look, we have a number of injuries coming up for today. Today we lost our captain and our vice-captain going into the game, Eddie Gunning and Cian Buckley, which was a, a bit of a hammer blow during the week. But it was all about... The little lads coming in and taking their opportunity, and that's what we tried to preach them all week. And every one of them, every one of them, stood up to the mark today. And look, I just thrilled from, I just thrilled from, and I thrilled for us as a club, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's Colin Sullivan there of uh, the Pierce Shake speaking after their win today in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship this afternoon. Uh, a good win as well over the Barrows, 223 to 17 points. Lauren, you were there, and the Pierce Shake uh, looked uh, impressive enough today mentioned the performance of Brian Hayes he was full forward for yeah. the Bears uh, six points from play so a decent individual performance from him but uh, Napierschig yeah, never really took their, their foot off the gas slowed down a little bit kind of after the first water break um, but plugged away for the second half and I think it was a 12 point victory there in the end um, so definitely worth it Yeah fantastic stuff as well and uh, I suppose same from Bears disappointment for them um, their second defeat uh, in a row um, being a dual club obviously I suppose kind of um, puts its pressures on on the teams like that um, and uh, the Barrows I suppose no different Yeah absolutely it's going to be a, a fairly busy uh, period for dual clubs I suppose and looking at injuries as well you're going to be asking are you going to be risking players if they're maybe 70-80% because they might be ruled out of the rest of the championship if they've other games coming up so yeah it's it's a difficult period for dual clubs yeah you're looking at this as well from a, I suppose a physio <laughs> point of view as well but I mean like the the return to play was kind of so compacted and kind of so quick before you're like thrust into um, championship action I guess I mean like what challenges did that give to, to players in A kind of I suppose getting match fit but also B avoiding injuries and staying fit over a, a, a quite intense period of time yeah the, the period of, of time was quite short and you're trying to build up your training load to the to the point of being able to to play a match and to not I suppose have any negative effects of that um, mm. I think it was the last week I counted four Achilles tendon ruptures um, oh. across the country that, that I was aware of now one was actually my, my own club um, one of our 
wing backs jumped, landed, snapped the Achilles tendon just before the uh, the, the ball was thrown in, and that's an injury that you you you, you wouldn't see quite commonly um, in younger athletes. Yeah. And if you were to see it, you'd be looking at some uh, symptoms that might be uh, present in, in the weeks and months beforehand. But um, yeah, four different people I heard of last week across the country, and uh, to be honest, pretty much down to the sudden increase in training load. Yeah, training load. Yeah, and I suppose on hard ground as well at this time of the year can can't can't help. I suppose with that kind of injury no you uh, you're, you're trying to get your body to adapt to the surface which changes anyway as the season progresses um, but to go from like I know everyone was running 5 and 10 k's but no one was doing multi-directional high intensity sprints mm-hmm. really were they um, and then to be under pressure from a competitive <laughs> perspective so yeah I think a lot of people tried their best but um, yeah no it, unfortunately people are falling foul to the the schedule and I'd imagine you're going to see like, I suppose more and more injuries uh, I suppose over the, the coming weeks I guess yeah no I, I said it before and I'll say it again I'm concerned that a lot of our, our big stars won't actually make the Intercounty Championship mm-hmm. because of the injuries that they will pick up and no, no one wants to not play for their club especially if they are the county star because they do have the spotlight on them um, so yeah I think we're going to be seeing an awful lot more over the next couple of weeks unfortunately I hope I'm wrong I always say it I hope I'm wrong but <laughs> the clubs have an obligation then I suppose to I suppose kind of lighten training loads and kind of kind to manage their players a bit better or I suppose they're they have such limited time I suppose with their players that they have to get the most out of them in training sessions well they do but I think as well when you're looking at, at the, the personnel involved with management teams some are highly qualified in terms of s and and, and monitoring training load but a lot aren't um, so I think that can be an issue as well people think that they're they're doing the best job possible but maybe are just un- unaware of what probably is best practice when it comes to, to training load um, so yeah it, it, it's, it's a tricky one I think yeah it certainly is and I suppose it's uh, something to keep an eye on uh, over the coming months but it is kind of worrying when you're saying a number of inter-county stars might make the, in- the inter-county championship and I suppose that's the reality of the, the compressed season we have I guess and I suppose it, it's just something that has to be factored in Absolutely and that season that inter-county season is running into next year's inter-county season as well so it's um, from, a, from a physio's perspective it's not the most ideal situation unless you're, you're in it for the money maybe I suppose <laughs> as well if you're a player listening to this I suppose, what, I suppose what's your advice to them I suppose to try and, uh, try and avoid injury and try to, to try and stay at optimum condition as well though See it's going to be very difficult games are coming thick and fast like when we look at the Cork schedule over the next couple of weeks football one week hurting the next um, it's to maybe limit what you're actually doing during the week you don't need to get that heavy session in you can still do your skill session but maybe to drop down on, on the running load but that I suppose has to come down to the the, the management it's, it, themselves the individual players aren't going to be able to have much of a say over that um, so maybe having a sit down with management and, and trying to drop down the load where possible yeah exactly I suppose and look there is a couple of weeks break now for the hurlers um, which I suppose is going to be very very welcomed football back uh, next week so and there is a week off for uh, in between for, for both hurling and football so basically enjoy it and kind of relax a bit is it oh definitely yeah drop things down get some niggles sorted if you can um, and work from there alright uh, Blackrock booking their spot in the knockout stage with a 226 to 214 win over Newtown Chandram at Mallow today the Rockies had a great start as Goldson Tyke DC and Alan Connolly put them 2-4 to a point ahead uh, but by half time Newtown were back to within four thanks to a pair of Jimmy Cockton goals one of them a penalty Blackrock though uh, pushing on in the second half and uncomfortably enough in the end Dennis Hurley has been speaking to their manager Fergal Ryan 
You know, obviously happy with that. Um, a good start like last week, and then when when they came back at three, back to three points, another good response to to, to make it safe. Yeah, um, I suppose if you looked at last week against Aaron's own, um, we let them right back into it, and we we never really pulled away again till the very very end of the game against Aaron's own. This time we had a good start again, which is yeah. something we had been working on. But obviously um, today's game, we wanted to make a good start and try and maintain it. Um, like a team like Newtown are going to come back into the game. They're going to have their patches as much as we do but um, yeah, we kind of coped with it well and pushed on again and yeah. got a few scores so it was a little bit different from last week where we, we kind of got a bit of um, a bit of breathing space um, yeah. on the pitch room and and I suppose in the end I suppose their heads dropped a bit and we tagged on another few scores yeah. um, It must be good from your own point of view to see that they'd kind of learned from last week and you know I think it was four times in the start of the second half Newtown came back to three and each time you were able to respond and then you got five in a row and that kind of made it safe Yeah no definitely and um, as you say looking at last week's game and this week's game we learned something from it um, and then we kicked on in the end again so um, no very pleased to win obviously this is a team that knocked us out last year yeah. so you know that might have been a little bit of driving factor with the lads as well on the pitch um, not, to, not to ease up and not to relax and keep the concentration levels up so no very happy with the win and like, it must be great to have two fellas in, inside you know Alan Connolly got one eleven, and Tyke got one six. you know that is not that you're just relying on one guy to put up a big score that you have a lot of options in there. Yeah, and um, and Robbie Cotter came on as well. I think he made yeah. about four, four points as well. Yeah. yeah, so you know that's good when you can spread your load from the point of view of scoring, and that you don't have to depend on one who can be marked. Yeah, they can come from different parts of the, the pitch. Um, it's very good. And Kieran Centre Forward, I thought had a great game as well. Yeah, I think I think every one of the forwards chipped in with scores, so very pleasing. No, I must say, very pleasing. And you're guaranteed a place in knockout stages, but you still have something to play for against Bishop Stone. In that, you know, if you do well enough, you could have the, the semi-final spot. Oh, 100%. I mean, you'd be looking now after two wins to get the third one. We're playing Bishop Stone in, I suppose, three weeks' time. Yeah. We'll football next week, a break, and then we're on against Bishop Stone. Um, and they'll be well up for that game as well. Um, you know, after losing two, they won't want to, course, no one wants yeah. to face the, the bottom end of the, 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 the relegation. The relegation yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, so, again, there's something to play for for both of us um, there. And we'll be looking top the group. And, you know, if we can do that, we put ourselves in a chance of maybe qualifying for a semi final, depending on score difference. And, and that, I think, it comes down to. Yeah. Because there's a couple of teams that can finish top yeah, of the groups. Yeah. That's Friday Ryan there in conversation with uh, Dennis Hurley. Uh, a good one for Black Rock today, 226 to 214 uh, over Newtown Shandon. That game taking place in Mallow today in the Scottish Premiership. It's uh, approaching full time and it looks like Celtic's 100% start of the season has come to an end after just two games. Uh, they are level uh, with uh, Kilmarnock. One apiece is how it stands at the moment. They're in the fourth minute of time added on there at Rugby Park. We'll get you uh, an up-to-date full time on that in just a little bit. Last night, Sarsfield's making it two wins out of two in Group A, booking their place in the knockout stage. They defeated Douglas in Parky Quay, 4-15 to 122, a two-point win for Sars uh, last night. Boss Ray Ryan has been speaking uh, to the Assembly media afterwards. Yeah, look, look, look it, was, it was a fantastic match. Uh, look, it was pure helter-skelter championship match. Uh, we were delighted to obviously come out on the right side of it. Um, looked a bit dodgy there in the second half. We, we, you know, we, we found it hard to to kind of stamp our dominance on the on the game, and I look, that's down to Douglas. Is um, the way they the way they played, you know, we 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 got we got goals, good opportunities, and good occasions in the game, but you know they still fought their way back and still and still tripped over points, and uh, you know made it a very good game. We were just lucky enough that young Daniel Hogan came on and, and 
like he does typically go to, he just picked pick the picture man's pocket in the air and, and finished brilliantly. And look, that was a catch, really, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, look, for a 17 or 18 year old to come on and make his, uh, when his second senior starting to get a goal like that in such a pivotal, uh, pivotal time in matches is a fantastic, fantastic for him. And he, look, he's a fantastic talent, and I'm just glad he's a star then. The, um, the one thing when you look back, it was 15 wides. Probably helped keep Douglas in it as well, didn't it? Well, I think so. And look, they seem to, they're, they're, I'd say their stats will be a lot more positive than us in terms of uh, percentage uh, percentage scores to wides. But um, you know, that's something that you can work on as well. We look, look I suppose. We've been back now for the bones of six, seven weeks, and you know we're trying to get as much touch work and shooting work. But look, you know the lads, the lads know, especially the lads who would have put the balls away, they know what they did wrong. You know we we always say to take an extra couple of steps out of the ball and you know angle your body right that you're 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 a proper angle at a, at a score. But sometimes we rushed them a small bit and we were we were we were tur- we were faced away from goal and trying to put it over our shoulder and look and you go forward. There's only there's only very few of them able to do that. Uh, one of them probably playing tonight and, and one of them is the Glen player. So but look. We we look we know that we, that's something we can work on as well and look we can just get a bit of practice on the training field. Nice. Overall, no, you're two from two. You're through. You're through. But is the incentive in order to get for the semi-final spot? We say. Well, I suppose the incentive is to finish, finish top of the group. I know we're through in terms of we, we we can't finish out of the top two, but we still want to win the group and. Uh, and at least get a, a seeded quarter-final position and look, hopefully we'll see we'll see how we get on against Ballyhay and maybe get that semi-final spot. But look, we won't look beyond Ballyhay. We, we, we see what they, they, they gave um, they gave Douglas a very tough game in the first game. And look, they were they were very much in the game in the first half at Middleton as well. Obviously Middleton and, and Conningham scoring prowess really took over there. But look, we have a few weeks off to, to gather, our, gather our thoughts and gather what we need to do. And, you know, in three weeks' time, we'll hopefully be bang smack at it again, and we'll get, hopefully we can get a win against Bellingham. Is it satisfying, Ray, given you know, the two teams you had to play first, that you've managed to get two wins and then book your spot with the round to go? Yeah, well, look, look, I suppose out of out of the three, the three, the group itself, we had the two hardest games in the in the first two games. No offence to Bellingham, you know, and I think they'll they won't give out to me about that. But uh, you know, to play them two games within within a week of each other is, is obviously going to be is going to be is going to be tough going. But look, sometimes when you're when you have a bit of momentum and we had a great win against Middleton and you know we, we kind of train light during the week and we knew what we had to do here today and you know you have, just keep that momentum going sometimes when you when you have a bit of a delay and a few weeks off you know it's hard to get back up to that championship pace you know thankfully we don't have to play again next week but look uh, you know it was tough going but look you know we're, we're delighted now tonight to be to be uh, two from two and just in terms of the goals, is that something you work on a lot during the week in training and things? Uh, look, I suppose we know we know the forwards we have. We, look, we have a very young forward line. I say the minimum made or the minimum the average age is about 21, 22. But look, bundles of pace, bundles of talent. Uh, and I know from my own days playing is like you don't want anyone running at you and when players start running at you and, and use that pace and use that that directness you know it's very hard to defend and that's what we, we're getting to do is just look, be positive uh, you know go for the juggler when it's there and thankfully we got we got we got the goal opportunities and you know I can't remember the last time Sarah's got four goals so we're delighted to get up today Yeah it's Ray Ryan there of Sarsfield speaking after last night's win uh, they defeated Douglas 4-15 to 122 so that's two from two they're qualified but as Ray said uh, they want to make it three from three at least get a, a seat a quarter final uh, from uh, that at the very very least uh, latest from the uh, Scottish Premiership into the seventh minute now of time added on and it, that's in fact full time whistle has just gone Kilmarnock won Celtic won is the full time score from that game so Celtic with four points from their opening two games and Derry City still a goal up in Shamrock Rovers after 66 minutes in the SSC or Tracy League Premier Division now Lauren you've covered two games over the last two days um, here in Cork how have you found the whole experience I suppose with 
given the COVID situation and the the, 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 the the minimal crowds and all the I suppose all the um, restrictions that are in place um, for games it's been fairly positive I've had no complaints I suppose um, procedures seem to be followed to the letter of the law which is always good to see given the current circumstances um, I thought Parky Rin would be quite quiet um, yeah. I wasn't obviously in Parky Creeve last night I was outside trying to get in alright <laughs> I, um, I got a great photo yeah. with the sunset but um, Parky Rin yeah I say the the crowd really the the crowd that was was allowed into the into the stadium uh, really got behind their teams and uh, good to see that uh, old rivalries um, extended over into the into the spectators as well they uh, definitely made their voices heard mm. but I also noticed as well um, you got a, a lot more audio or sounds from the actual players themselves you could hear the tackles you could hear people hitting the turf yeah. um, and I was trying to think is, is the ground that much harder or is it just that I've never been able to actually hear that before <laughs> I suppose you can hear the players kind of uh, talking to each other and giving directions and especially the shouts from the sideline as well I guess yeah the uh, the second water break now today between the Barrys and the Pearshig we could nearly hear word for word the uh, the St. Finn Bears management team and they were on the far side of the pitch <laughs> uh, so it definitely makes for some interesting uh, listening <laughs> it's still a bit odd though I suppose I mean like I know you said there was a bit of a crowd there at least but like for a game like today and a game like guess they'd expect like far bigger crowds there um, so it is still very very weird and it's still kind of a little bit surreal isn't it? It is like a lot of people love GA or even sport in general for the social aspect of mm. it I think that that's one thing I'm missing you'd often go to different games in different counties or even um, around at home and, and the faces that you'd see and the, the faces that you'd only see at those kind of games so it, it's unfortunate that we haven't got, a, got that aspect but I think it's a case of kind of take what we have at the moment really isn't it? Yeah I kind of found that I went to the, the Cork City game last week and it was just a bit eerie um, the lack of the crowd and stuff and everyone wearing masks and everyone kind of uh, a bit heightened and a bit on alert I guess yeah I think you're kind of you're unsure if, if you, how close you should get to someone <laughs> yeah. I know obviously we're, we're, we were socially distancing but even you're wondering should I stay in this row should I go to the next row how far away should I be um, but I think as well players like because there's no dressing rooms um, players are probably coming to games a bit, little bit more relaxed you know it's like yeah. they they used to arrive to juvenile games in, in, in their small uh, yeah exactly um, so I think that there's that, that aspect too that it's, it's very much just about the, the hurling or the football whatever the case may be yeah certainly is so uh, yeah it's good to have it back there was this uh, as we were saying kind of earlier on today um, there was a point I suppose in May when we thought there would be no sport whatsoever this year I mean like John Horan said there would be no championship in 2020 and I think the entire country went what? Wait. <laughs> so the fact that we are getting games in and um games are being played is a, a massive positive and hopefully more people will be able to get into see the games as uh, the weeks go on I know we're very privileged that we can get into games and watch them uh, live there's nothing quite like being uh, at matches and I know we're very aware that we are very privileged in that regard but fingers crossed more people will be allowed into games um, soon as long as it can all be done very very safely Absolutely I think you have to uh, take every game uh, not for granted considering the situation in those three lockdown counties as well at the moment so yeah, exactly right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, going to talk to Corcom President Donald Lenham and the second part of our Mark Keenan view as well. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. 
Carl, glad you could join us on the Big Red Bench this evening. Rory and Lauren are here until 7pm. And if you would like to text the show, get in touch. 0868104106. Use the number on WhatsApp as well. Just to get you up to date if you missed uh, any of the scores from earlier on today in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship. They finished Black Rock 226, Newtown Chandram 214, and the PSG 223. The bar 17 points in the Senior A Hurling Championship. It finished uh, Cloyne 24 points, Killa 18 points. And Celtic uh, draw, have drawn their second game in the Scottish Premiership uh, they've drawn one all away to Kilmarnock Ryan Christie put the hoops ahead after 11 minutes but Chris Burke equalised from the penalty spot after 24 minutes for Kilmarnock at Rugby Park so Celtic uh, with 4 points from their opening 2 games and Derry City still uh, leading the league leader Shamrock Grovers by a goal to nil at the Brandywell 71 minutes on the clock there now we're going to turn our attentions to rugby and obviously uh, excitement ahead of the start of the Pro 14 in a couple of weeks but we're going to talk to Corcon President Donald Lenehan now about the challenges of keeping the club going uh, during the pandemic and their frustrations with not being able to play rugby and I suppose their excitement uh, with rugby coming back because as I put to Donald my first question to him there was a point where it looked like we might not get any rugby at all in 2020 very much so I mean uh, you know it was very frustrating certainly for us in Cork in that we were leading the Division 1A of the All-Ireland League we had won 14 out of our 14 games we were uh, guaranteed a home semi-final which is a very big day for the club and another opportunity if you won that for a you know a, a final appearance in uh, the Aviva Stadium so I mean that uh, to have that cut off when the club was, was you know, the, the, the seniors hadn't lost a game all year uh, was huge. But, but not only for the senior team, for all the clubs right across the board, uh, you know, to be robbed of the opportunity to go out and play sport on a, a Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Uh, it had an immediate impact. Um, you know, I think sport in general, it's only when you don't have uh, it available on your doorstep that you you realise the role that it plays and um, you know even from our own point of view given where we are uh, we would have been actively involved with say Cork GA in terms of of games down in, in Parky Cueve we had offered uh, parking facilities for the past number of years I've done it going back a long time uh, so there was a social element to Cork hurling the football games down the park you had the uh, um, uh, some of the concerts uh, that were also um, cancelled as well. So they've had a knock-on effect, uh, you know, not only for uh, the GAA, but the, the community at large, the spin-off of all those people coming into Cork, you know, for, um, you know, Cork Tipperary and Hurling, Cork Limerick last year, they were huge days out. So, um, you know, you're, you're and, and there are special occasions, I think, certainly the Hurling Championship is, is, is one that plays such a huge role in the fabric of Cork, uh, everyday life here so um, you know it, it's across the board but look it's uh, there's far, far more serious things going on as we know um, it's had a big impact on, on people's lives their livelihoods um, so look it's it's the reality of what we're dealing with but getting back to training and imagine and getting all the kids back into the club must be I suppose uh, a source of kind of pride and happiness for you and just seeing people back in the pitches yeah, it is. Look, we, the, the kids won't be coming back until uh, September, but, um, you know, it's been a gradual return under the uh, the COVID protocols. Uh, our senior under-20s and, and um, uh, J2s have all been, been back on a phased basis over the past number of weeks. But again, it's a very controlled environment. The players, it's, it's a new norm for, for players. They arrive, 
Um, you know, they can't get a lift off the fellow up the road. They have to arrive themselves. They arrive towed off. They're checked. We have a COVID security officer and, and COVID compliance officer. So every player who arrives, they get their temperature checked. Uh, they have to sign their, their medical updates. Uh, they do their training for a very specific time. It's a very controlled training in that you only operate in clusters uh, in small clusters, there's no contact as such yet, which for rugby, as you uh, can appreciate, is difficult. And then after training, they get straight into their cars and go home. There's no showering. The clubhouse isn't open. So it's, it's completely different. Um, but I think the players have just enjoyed having the facility to come together. Um, you know, there is that so social interaction that has been missing, but also an opportunity to get out, train hard. Um, I think they've adapted well but again you will hope over the coming weeks and months that um, you know you'll be able to, to get back to, to some normality mm. I imagine it'll be kind of hard I suppose you mentioned the seniors and their fantastic run that they were on pre-Covid to kind of take that momentum into the new campaign I'd imagine Yeah well I think look um, there is a, a sort of a sense of, of unfinished business if you like because they, they've been unbeaten in all competitions throughout the season uh, we've managed to, uh, um, you know, to to uh, retain the Munster Senior Cup. We've won the Cork Charity Cup. We were in the final of the Basement Cup, and um, you know, so from that perspective, to have the whole season closed down was was uh, was very difficult. But then, look, uh, you know, I look at a club like Highfield, a fantastic club who've made brilliant strides over the past number of years. They were top of of Division One B and looked almost certain to be promoted. It would have been great for rugby in Cork because um, you'd have had more derbies on a Friday night. We we have uh, derbies with UCC. If Highfield had been involved in that as well this coming season, I think would have added an extra buzz. So hugely disappointing for everybody uh, in Highfield. And, and even this year now, the fact that we're, we're having a, 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 a limited only one round uh, in the All-Ireland League, but there's no promotion or relegation. So they've lost that opportunity for another season. So look, there, there's, it's, it's difficult for all clubs um, I think the only ones who came out well were clubs who were maybe struggling with relegation <laughs> and they got a stay of execution or a, you know, a chance to start all over again but look, um, so it swings and roundabouts And back in action September the Energy Community Series it's kind of a, an interesting format I guess isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, basically, normally you, in the All-Ireland League, you play a home and away. Obviously, they're, they're not doing that this year because of um, in the earlier part of the season, they're trying to restrict the travel. But uh, the new energy community, it's, it's, it's clubs involved in Munster. So um, uh, it'll be a lot more localised. Uh, the likes of Old Crescent, um, Highfield, UCC, ourselves, Shannon, Gary Owen, there's, there, there'll be a lot of great matches and that have um, uh, derby matches as well. I'm assuming some of them will be on Friday nights and um, uh, hopefully crowds. I mean, uh, we, we, we don't get massive crowds for club rugby anymore, but I would imagine uh, we'd struggle with 200, uh, given that people would be looking forward to getting out. Hopefully it will have uh, increased. I think we, we'd survive and, and 500 would be great uh, if it gets to that next September, October. But I think uh, the fact that there is also within the uh, energy of this, the, the community league, the top two go on to an All-Ireland series in the Bateman Cup. So there's plenty for all the clubs to play for. Um, and it's something different. So um, I think at this stage, the players, all they want is, is competitive action. 
Um, so hopefully that will go ahead. That's due to start, I think, around the 25th of September. So there's there's a lot of water to go under the bridge yet. That's Donald Lenehan there, the uh, Corcom president, speaking to me there about, the, uh, I suppose, the challenges of keeping the club going during the pandemic and trying to regroup and kind of revamp and kind of um, build up, I suppose, at the start of the season, which is uh, September 26th. But uh, delighted to have uh, Donald on there. And you heard him mention there again, Lauren, the crowd sizes. He says it's it's important for everyone, I suppose, to be able to get out and see their favourite sports, as Donald said, like, you know, crowds, and crowd, uh, crowds in uh, club rugby. Maybe not the biggest, but if it's... Uh, if the limit increases to 500 I think it's going to make uh, things a lot easier for uh, a lot of clubs uh, across the country I guess yeah from the financial side of things anyway but I think uh, those numbers I'm sure would increase when we've been starved of, of live sport or live events really for so long I think people are only crying out for different different things to go to so I'm sure we would see those attendances rise if they could and, and hopefully they will I suppose with the, the rise in Covid cases that's happening mm. across the country at the moment I suppose we can't take anything for granted or, or kind of look at rushing into things I suppose everything has to be taken with the, the best public health uh, uh, advice in mind but um, that is a concern I suppose the, the rising number of COVID cases across the country Yeah it is unfortunately and I think we aren't going to see a, a kind of a slow return back to normality that we're all hoping for it's, mm. it is going to be a little bit bumpier than that unfortunately It certainly is Alright Shamrock Rovers have equalised against Derry City despite not having a shot on target it's Derry City 1 Shamrock Rovers 1 Colm Horgan former Cork City uh, defender um, with an own goal there uh, for uh, Derry City so it's Derry City 1 Shamrock Rovers 1 81 minutes gone on the clock there in that game. Now yesterday we played the uh, first part of Orange Fruit Michelin's Mittel Sounds Mark King after he made his AFL debut last uh, week uh, for Collingwood. Uh, this is the second part of Mark in conversation with Lauren. You moved to Australia ahead of the 2019 season, but of course there's a huge Irish involvement in AFL sides at the moment. Anton Tohill is there with you in Collingwood. You've Wexford's Barry O'Connor boosting up with the Sydney Swans first team. Mark O'Connor, Zach Tuhi are playing this weekend. Tell me about the influence that these guys have on you, I suppose, both socially but also kind of transitioning to a new game. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, like when I first came out, who reached out to me was uh, actually Conor McKenna, who was very good to me when I first came. Um, when I first came he like, p- picked me up and stuff brought me around Melbourne um, and like even other people like well Mark O'Connor Zach Tui and Stefan Ockenbar are down in Geelong which is about an hour and a half away from me so other people in Melbourne would have, I would have had Connor Nash Connor Glass both playing for Hawthorne where we have like a small community within ourselves in, in Melbourne where we just catch up every now and then going to like in February, there's like Gaelic games in February, so we we all go and watch that and just head out for dinner as well. And then also in Collingwood, we have I, I have Sarah Rowe with me and Ashton Sheridan, as long as uh, Anton Tohill as well. And how have you found the transition, I suppose, to a new game? Um, it took me a while when I first came out because um, I didn't have like much knowledge of it or anything, and then came out about two weeks before. Everyone else came back and they kind of just started on. I was early, and well, as I'm playing as a back, it's kind of a bit, a bit better and easier to to understand the game. And then, like, just from like heaps of vision, uh, watching other teams play and watching my own team play, and the coaches are, are actually at a really high standard out here, and they're really good and like showing us how to execute skills and just yeah, just got into heaps of like trainings like as we train every day and stuff like that 
and even the way let's say you you, you would have started Gaelic football here in, in Cork at, at a young age and, and learning those skills would have I suppose been ha- happened in a, an environment that wasn't very structured and it was just like repetition going to the the local pitch down with your your family with your friends with the clubmates whereas I suppose now you're you're learning new skills and a new game but probably in a, in a much more structured way and, and having good coaches to facilitate that makes it a little bit easier I assume yeah no 100% like like in Gaelic where you could play for your club and you just say oh like, like we have a player playing for Mitchell called Cotton Metany oh no we heard of him and then like we'd always just say give it to Cotton Metany um, just always just give it your best player but in Collingwood it's just like heaps of structure especially with us and all the other 17 other clubs where we um, we, we all play to a different structure where an, an extra man in at the stoppage or getting up outside your man there's heaps of ways that you can play um, and outclass an AFL team um, and then like just trying to execute that and just the learning of it and trying to remember, remember that in the back of your mind but it, yeah, as you said, it was it was hard, hard to get used to, but eventually got used to that after about a month or two. And it, has there been any moments where you've nearly slipped back into Gaelic football mode? I, I know over the last couple of weeks, Conor McKenna solo had got had guys heading to rule books to to figure out how legal that actually was in the game. Um, no, I don't think so. Sometimes I just try to take on a few a few people and then just forget that they can just. Tackling me to the floor, <laughs> and just, I, I'm just like, is that not a free kick? <laughs> and when I was there at the start, when I was there at the start, and then they were just saying, "No, oh, you can take one." Because I, mean, I actually remember when Sarah Roll came out, she um, she kicked the the footy off the post, and it came back down. She played on, <laughs> and then when she was like, "No, it's it's actually it's actually a kick out when they hit the post," so she she tried to play on. <laughs> Definitely takes a bit of getting used to. And I suppose over the last yeah. couple of weeks, uh, Mark, COVID nineteen. Restrictions have been something that you've had to get to get used to. How has that actually changed your training routine or your playing routine? Um, yeah, so there's 16 out of 18 clubs gone into hubs. So there's we're actually after moving out of Melbourne about about five weeks now. We started off by going to Sydney for a week, then we moved to we played Hawthorne there, then we moved to Perth for three weeks. We had to do two weeks isolation there, where we played three games. And we won one one and last two, and now we're then we had to fly back over here to Queensland where we're staying here now currently, and uh, yeah, just in hubs with other teams and seeing everyone's families here is kind of like just one thing that happened, but all of us had to get out of Melbourne as kind of got out of case or out of hand, and then we're all here, so we all had to ship everything up to Queensland, all, all our equipment. Um, and then yeah, just we're just around it, around each other every day, which is kind of um, I, I, I don't mind it personally, but I'm sure the older guys with kids and families mm-hmm. they don't want the time a bit away from the footy. Absolutely, yeah, it's been a, a massive change. And lastly, Mark, uh, have you been keeping an eye on action here at home? I'm sure the time difference has been a has been a bit of an issue, but the streaming services have of course, of course benefited the the community here in Cork. But also, it's a chance for you to actually watch a few games. At, on your phone? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I actually, I actually wish I was at home myself. To be, uh, talk, talking over from Mitchtown and Belly Giblin, but um, yeah, they've they've started their their campaign, and they've um after winning their first round of football and hurling against both players against Glenworth, where we got wins, and actually a few local people from Mitchtown are after starting up their new streaming um kind of business or they're called Park TV, where they stream all the games online. So 
lucky enough to watch all my club games and I've just been watching a few of the county senior hurling and football championships as well. Brilliant. Well, it's a handy way of keeping in touch with the lads at home. Thanks so much, Mark, for yeah. taking the call. No worries. Thanks, Lauren. You can take the boy out of Mitchellstown, but you can't take the Mitchellstown out of the boy. That is uh, Mark Keane there speaking after making his AFL debut uh, for Collingwood last week. He seems to be really enjoying life down under, Lauren. He definitely does seem to be. I think he mentioned to me um, off air later on um, on that call that he was kind of uh, not, he was somewhat kind of losing hope, I suppose, that he'd finally mm. make his debut. And I think over the last number of weeks, he's seen that kick on now in terms of motivation. So I'm sure he'll stay down there another while longer yet. It was a nice moment when Collingwood put up the, the moment that he was being named in the starting starting team. And I suppose it was a, a tough debut from last week, given that they kind of um, had a, a surprise defeat. and. Um, but to make your debut uh, a huge moment and hopefully he can kick on from there Absolutely I'm sure he's learned loads of lessons from just being in that competitive environment so enough uh, lessons to take into next week's training It's such a tough sport though isn't it like compared to Gaelic football like the physicality of it is just something else I'm blown away by it every time I see it you see these hits that go in and you're kind of going oh he, how's he going to get up from that and that's just each other, pick themselves up, and walk on. It's 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 phenomenal. It is, and I can I can definitely understand why they are plucking guys from Gaelic football. I suppose we have that culture somewhat as well. Maybe it mightn't be in the rule books, but I'm sure <laughs> plenty of lads try to bend those rules from time to time as well. All right, uh, Shamrock Rovers have gone two one up now on Derry City. They um, had equalised through an own goal. Come Horgan uh, turning the ball into his own net to make it one all. Then just a couple of minutes after that, Roberto Lopez uh, prodded the ball home from close range. So it is. Uh, Derry City 1 Shamrock Rovers 2 uh, quite the turnaround there at the Ryan McBride Brandywell Stadium and that result will see them go 6 points clear at the top of the table over Bowes uh, with uh, 7 games played uh, in the season so uh, Rovers uh, looking good there to make it 7 wins on the bounce uh, to start off their SSC Electricity League campaign we're nearly out of time we're going to talk uh, athletics briefly uh, Cork's Lizzie Lee says she is undecided whether or not she'll try to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics to be held next year. The 2016 Olympian was speaking to Oshin Lang at the announcement of the KBC Virtual Dublin Marathon and talks about how her career has changed since the Olympic Games in Rio and how the running community handled the COVID lockdown. First though, they discussed how marathon runners have something to aim for at this year's event uh, even though it can't take place in the way that was planned. Well, Dublin Marathon organisers have announced details of the official KBC Virtual Dublin Marathon. It will take place on the October bank holiday weekend, marking when thousands of runners traditionally hit the streets of Dublin. Despite the cancellation of this year's marathon, the virtual race will ensure runners still have a goal to target. There are options to sign up um, the K- for the KBC Virtual Race Series, uh, and there are four distances, including the four mile, 10 kilometre and half marathon. Runners participating with their smartphone can complete the distances safely in their local area and will be supported by the Dublin Marathon app, which will record their distances and upload their times automatically. For more information, you can go to kbcdublinmarathon.ie. Lizzie Lee, Olympian and regular marathon runner. Um, it's, it's the marathon, but not as we know it. But isn't it good to have something? Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Um, I have visions now of little pockets of groups all around the country with their water bottles out on the bank holiday weekend, getting their 26.2 in and, you know, having their celebratory coffee afterwards. That's what I have visions of because for me personally, the only day I cried in lockdown was the day that Dublin was cancelled. It was 
a big blow to me. I have a seven month old baby. Tokyo wasn't in my, it was never going to be in my plan because um, the baby was born. And, um, and I had always thought that Dublin 2020 would be a lovely closed circle because I did it in 2018 and loved it and it was successful. Um, so I had thought, right, I'll go back in 2020 and then it was cancelled. So I think to have this as the next best option, you know, I think people around the country can make the best of this. Um, the running community was devastated when Dublin was cancelled. So to have something that we can do um, with or without people in our club or with a bit of support from a spouse on a bike or whatever it is, I think, you know, it, it can be a bit of crack. And I also think there's some people who like a, who have a streak of running them. You know, they might be on for their 10th in a row or something. And this means that they can actually, they don't have to miss it. Mary Hickey would be a good example of that. She's done it every year since its inception. So, you know, it, it's, it, it's better than than not having anything that we can certainly um, I would be hoping to do if if the cross country season does go ahead I'd be hoping to do a really good um, four miler that weekend in preparation for the national cross country if if we're looking at a cross country season which hopefully we are um, certainly I'll, I'll put on the, the watch and the phone that weekend and do something um, for for Jim and for KBC for, for the Dublin virtual marathon we always think of marathons and long distance running as an individual event, but from everything you said there, it's not. It's actually a team event. It's all about camaraderie. So how important is it that people can still aim for something on the bank holiday weekend, albeit not the real Dublin marathon, but now the virtual KBC Dublin marathon? Huge. Can you imagine if you did, if you mapped out your route, right? with your family and your friends and you told them what time you were aiming for because you can do that, right? You know what pace roughly you're going to run. Um, so if you tell, right, I'm going to run around Cork, uh, lads, I'm going to be at the Leafields at this time, I'm going to be down there at this time um, and people come out just to cheer you on um, and if you did it with a few club mates, you know, just two or three of your training group or whatever, um, that'd be brilliant and you put on your club singlet and for, certainly for what I'm doing the four-miler, I'll be in a Leafields singlet um, and I'll have Donny out with a watch the before and after the the, the timing um, you know make it make it into it because we don't have an option there is no oh we could fly here and do that or we can go down to Cork and do that there is no option for the marathon so if you can make this one um, as much of a community thing as you possibly can within all the guidelines obviously um, then do so and enjoy it and, and have some fun or, or even get you know get a buddy to do five miles if you here and pick another one up and do another five miles and I think this sense of accomplishment might be even greater if you're doing this with just two or three people rather than the thousands, you know, egging you on. What do you get out of marathon running? And I know in some ways you're an extreme example because you're an Olympian. So it's obvious what you get. You're a top end athlete, but you actually started quite late. Like you didn't start proper athletics till you were in your early twenties or late twenties, I beg your pardon. So you actually do get what someone who run a marathon in six hours gets. You, you get why people do it. Why do people do it? What's, um, if, what do you if, get out of it? If I've learned one thing in lockdown, well, I've learned a few things in lockdown. I think we all have. Um, but one thing that I can take away from it all is that I absolutely love running. I love it. I was coming back from, an, I, I got back from running after uh, my baby Jess a bit too soon. I was injured January and February. And in March, the day Leo announced the lockdown, I had, uh, I had run 30 minutes. And I built it up throughout lockdown. And my joy, my bliss, my favorite part of every day throughout all of this has been 7am runners on gone um and I'm a mom to three small kids 
right? And I'm on maternity leave and my husband's working from home and I was homeschooling a junior infant and I had a toddler and I was breastfeeding a small baby. And to get out the door and just do the 10 miles and to push my body and to come, because I was getting fit through this. I'm still not fully fit. Um, to, to get that feeling coming in with the burning lungs and the so tired legs and it's just the endorphins. So it, it, to me, it's not a chore training for a marathon because I just love the feeling of how my body feels when I'm doing all this and how I feel when I'm gone from the house and nobody can ring me and nobody can get me and no one can follow me to the toilet um, because that's what you've got when you have three small kids at home. So I just, you know, and, and I suppose, look, winning and racing, that's obviously fun. But if I never, if, if I was given a choice of never racing again or just running, I mean, I, the, the just running part, people just love running and we need it. And I've had this conversation about the mental health during lockdown with so many runners and everyone agrees that like, if you were a runner, at least we had the 2K and you could get out. Yeah, it's Lizzie Lee there speaking about the uh, Dublin Virtual Marathon, which is uh, happening this week and uh, talking about her return uh, as well. I'll play the second part of that interview next week. She talks about her plans uh, for the Tokyo Olympics. Great to hear Lizzie say that. Like, she had a baby this year. She couldn't obviously do the Olympics, but now it's been pushed back to next year. Maybe, just maybe. Be fantastic. Be absolutely fantastic if she did one <laughs> We're going to see a couple of athletes, I think, next week, next year that we maybe might not have seen because of injuries and that. So it's might there, there I've signed linings. up to do the virtual Dublin half <laughs> marathon. So um, may, maybe, maybe the Olympics for me next year. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Why did you hesitate? Uh, what, what? You don't think I can do it, Lauren? <laughs> we need you here reporting on the Olympics, Rory, I think. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right, that's it from us today. Thanks very much indeed uh, for tuning away uh, right here on the Big Red Bench uh, this evening. Our podcast will be online shortly. You'll get it on redfm.e or from wherever you get your podcast from. Green on Red up next. Enjoy the rest of this glorious weather on this Sunday, folks, and we'll talk to you next Saturday at 6 p.m. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.